0: Show and here is the studio orchestra of the Spudderman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour. The world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, accordion Joe. Here comes the
1: Man, He goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast.
2: Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you. He needs you. He loves you. Here comes the Spudman,
1: it goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman.
2: It's the Spud Goodman show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese Meister. It's woo, Spud Goodman.
3: Greetings, our Ola. I hereby plead guilty to being Spud Goodman. <laughs>
0: the Spud man, <sighs> I'm laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs>
3: Your host of this quaint little radio program. We appreciate you spending some time with us as, you know, it would be a very unsatisfying experience if no one was out there listening. I mean, I don't need millions of ears, but a couple hundred thousand would be nice. So why don't we get this thing started? Let me introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Now, now I should say that due to her cat Jilly, you know, being a little under the weather, she's having to call in and, and do her job from from home for the time being. So, hey, can you give us a top shelf belly laugh if you would? I know it's tough doing this over the phone and it's a bit early in the show, but I feel like we need to go big right from the
4: start.
5: Oh, all right, all right. I'll give it my best. <laughs> Oh, how was it? Uh, do uh,
4: I sound
3: okay on my cell phone? Huh? Yeah, it's a little delay, a little echo, but it you know, wasn't that, it's adequate, considering you, know, you didn't get, also didn't get a chance to warm up. So, anyway, but you're, you're okay, though, right? Because uh, hopefully you didn't injure yourself.
5: Uh, no, I'm okay. And I All doubt right. there will be much need for me to perform a belly laugh the rest of the show. So, I'll be fine. And if you're interested, Jilly seems to be doing much better. Okay, cool. Good to know
3: Jilly's better. But you don't know for sure that it might not be needed later, Aunt Dorothy. I could say something that that would totally crack you and everyone up so you'd have no choice but to break out like a, a hearty belly laugh.
6: Hell will freeze over.
3: Just stay open to the possibilities. Well, right now, though, I need to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. I mean, you can say some, but make it brief. Please remember the words of legendary UCLA coach John Wooden, be quick, but don't hurry. Um, but, you know, I I don't want to contradict one of the greatest coaches of all time, but maybe you should be quick and
7: hurry, too, because we're, we're running behind here. Yeah, well, Spud, we can't be running behind already. The show just started. But, okay, so I would like to welcome everyone and say how excited Look, I am. Look, you really
3: need to hurry, because uh, you aren't quick enough for sure. Are you done?
7: Wh- no, no, I'm not. I still would like to fully express how excited I am to be here. Right, and right. I think so what have- I
3: wanted to discuss on the show was the price of popcorn at the movies. Large bags with butter now uh, cost more than a ticket to get in. Something's no, wrong but, here.
7: But and- I I have a topic that I think our listeners, and even you, would find much more interesting I don't think so. I, myself, was stunned to learn about it.
5: Oh, did you find help for your erectile dysfunction issue? Uh-huh. You know it's nothing to be ashamed of.
7: So why pause to take a pill? N- no No, no, I I don't have any issues in that area. You know, it was only a temporary thing. But, okay, what I wanted to discuss was the phenomenon of doppelgangers. I had never heard of the word before a few days ago. Yeah, doppelgangers. It, It was stunning to find this out.
3: Um, well, wait, just, just use the word that I'm going to
7: need to Google right here. Where's my, my phone? Okay, here. Um, just give me a second. Well, listen, I can tell you what it means, Spud, is I've been looking it up.
5: Oh, wait, Gerald, you know Spud is not going to believe anything you say. Give him a moment to Google this. Yeah,
3: yeah, you know, I, I don't have time to read this, this whole Wikipedia page on this, but I, okay, in essence, it says a non-biologically related lookalike or double of a living person, I guess.
7: Yeah, that is correct. Well, well, of course
5: it's correct. It's from freaking
7: Wikipedia.
5: Yes! What are you trying to say here, Gerald, about doppelgangers? I don't understand.
7: Well, okay, this is where things get really interesting. I was contacted a couple of days ago by my own doppelganger. He, He messaged me on Facebook. I guess he saw a photo of Spud and I on our show page and listened to an episode. He said he liked it, and, well... Well, he actually didn't say he liked it, but he wrote that he found it interesting, so he wanted to communicate with me. He said he was weirded out knowing he had a doppelganger, as he had no idea. Well, is he your doppelganger, or are you his
3: doppelganger? Uh, I would bet you're his doppelganger because you don't seem very original
5: to me. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, you have to be his doppelganger, Gerald, no doubt about it.
7: Well, I believe he's mine, but, you know, no matter. It's just amazing to know there's someone out there who pretty much looks just like yourself. He sent me a current picture of himself, and though there are some differences, like uh, uh, taste in attire, we do look almost identical. Uh, I doubt he dresses like you. Your your DEA agent look is not real popular in most
8: places. Seriously. Seriously.
3: I mean, what what's the name of this Gerald II? It can't be
7: Gerald II. Oh no, no! His name is Gary. Gary? He, yeah, he lives in Columbus, Ohio, and he he also has you know? a wife and three kids too. Can you believe it? Two boys and a girl. No, no, I don't believe it. You're
3: That's getting true. catfish, dude, or, or, or some kind of fish. Good call, yo. I mean,
7: did you ask for a screenshot of his passport or driver's license? No, no. Well, no, that didn't occur to me. But I know what my eyes tell me from the picture he sent me. So there's no doubt I do have a doppelganger. I can't tell you how exciting it is for me, as I've never had a brother. You know, I only had five sisters. I can't wait to spend some time together, find out what other things we have in common. You know, it's very exciting.
1: I'm gonna have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Just don't get too excited, all right?
3: We still have to finish this show. And and now, uh, it's time for some tunes. Let's lead off our musical selections with a song by by the Fairfield Four. Uh, That was recorded in 1947. Uh, This gospel group, uh, like, originated from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and and was designated National Heritage Fellows. That's pretty interesting. Uh, By the National Endowment for the Arts, yeah. So here is Don't Let Nobody Turn You Around.
0: Don't you let nobody, nobody turn. turn you around, don't you let, let nobody, nobody turn. turn you around, don't, don't you let nobody,
2: nobody
8: turn, turn you around, you just, just keep on the gallery. Don't you let nobody, nobody let
2: nobody, nobody
0: turn you round, don't you let nobody, nobody
2: turn, turn you round, you just keep on together. Don't sometimes I stand and wonder, oh, how strange things can be. Well, now I don't bother nobody, but they always talking about me.
0: Don't.
2: Nobody, nobody turn. turn you around, don't you let nobody, nobody turn. turn you around. You just keep on to Galilee. Lord, my mother died and left me down in this world alone. And I have no friends or relations, but I'm trying to make
8: heaven my home. Joe. you let nobody turn you around, don't you let nobody
2: turn you around, don't you let nobody, nobody turn, turn you around, you
8: just keep on to gallow This is a spy gaming Show. Oh, oh, oh. Ah. Ah.
6: This is Bruce Dern. And I want to tell you how happy I am, uh, I am to be on the Spud Goodman show. Um, it, it, he is Seattle all the way through. And if he can tell me the other end opposite Steve Largent, I'll give him a dollar.
7: Spud, yeah. your first guest, Dean Winters, is holding for you. Now, is he an actor or a singer? I have one word for you, and it should be sufficient. Oz. Oh. He he was in The Wizard of Oz? Oh, my God. You know what? We love that movie in our house. I
4: have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
7: Was he one of those uh, munchkins?
5: Oh, my God, Gerald. The Wizard of Oz was made in 1939. All of the actors in that film have passed away. Yeah, I was referring to the old HBO
3: series Oz. Are you telling me you're not aware of, of that amazing show? I believe that
5: is what he is saying.
7: I, I must have missed that one. Now, was it on CBS or ABC too?
3: Heads are spinning. That show could never have been aired on broadcast TV. A- anyway, Dean has other stuff going on these days, you know, like movies and other TV shows. And, and he's mayhem on those freaking Allstate commercials. Yeah, you, you've obviously seen him there. Just put him through before he falls asleep. Yeah, very well, here he is. Say hey to actor Dean Winters. Uh, we appreciate you coming on our show.
9: Thank you very much. I, my first question is: it Was is Spud your birth name? Uh,
3: uh, well, that's a long story, and I know you got stuff to do, so I won't bore you. But uh, kind of sort of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So there's there's some other stuff I want to ask you. But first, let me begin with your new Netflix film, Lost Girls. You co star with Amy Ryan and Gabriel Byrne. It's based on a best selling crime novel, right by the same title. Give us a scoop on what it's about.
9: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's based on a book called, uh, best, a New York Times best selling book called Lost Girls. And uh, the true story took place back here in New York in 2010, where there was a cop walking his dog out in the marshlands in Jones Beach. Which is about an hour outside of New York City, and, they, and the dog came across a, a corpse, and they ended up finding 11 bodies over the next couple of months. And um, huh. nine of the nine of the bodies were were women that were uh, escorts on Craigslist. And um, you know, our movie focuses on the on the plight of one of the mothers looking for her daughter, uh, and that's that, that's the mother played by Amy Ryan. And, Gabriel Byrne and I played the uh, attending detectives on the case. And, you know, it's still an open case. It's a cold case to this day. And, you know, there's always the, the thought that, hey, are we going to be able to maybe solve this somehow by by bringing light to the subject? So, right, uh, yeah, we'll right. see what happens
3: all right all right super well I, I should say this full disclosure as a talk show host I, I like my peers you know have my own tastes and preferences and, and regular listeners of this show are aware of my deep respect for the HBO series Oz I, I gotta go there so you know i I I've tried to get yeah, the whole no, please. yeah I, I've tried to get the whole cast on our show over the years and uh, we you know, like one by one and you sir fill a box that needed to be checked so I'm in your debt okay
9: well hey I'll I, I tell you that that was, that was my favorite job of all time and uh yeah, that was, that was
3: just an incredible show to be a part of. So. Well, so far we've had Christopher Maloney, Harold Perrineau, Ernie Hudson, Adewale Akabaji, Lance Reddick, and now you, we had Louis Guzman too, but he lost his voice and had to cancel an hour before the show. So anyway... Uh, so I want, what, I, what I wanted to ask you was, you played a pretty devious character, Ryan O'Reilly, on Oz. Now, a lot of inmates were killed because of you. During the show's run, did, did people on the street give you the evil eye much, like when you were like out shopping or at a dog park or something?
9: Well, yeah, I think it's funny. It's like, have you ever seen somebody walk down the street with a pit bull and people kind of get out of their way? That, that, that's kind of what was happening with me. And not that I'm an imposing, tough guy, uh, but there there was just... It was the first time that anyone had seen that kind of content on television. And so people just didn't know what to expect when they met us, you know? I remember, I remember being with J.K. Simmons, who played Schillinger, the Nazi, and I remember yeah. being with him, and people, people literally got freaked out when they saw him on the street, literally got freaked out. So um, but that was a testament to, the, I think, the writing of the show, Tom Fontana, who uh, created St. Elsewhere and Homicide Life on the Street. You know, this guy—he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best writer in the history of television, and and you know, none of those shows that came after us, sopranos Six Feet Under, uh, Sex, Sex in the City—nothing would have been greenlit if Oz hadn't proven that there was a an adult programming audience out there. So we, we were really the first kids on the street, and uh, and yeah, uh, I was like I said, it was just happened to be part of it.
3: Yeah, it was, it was that you know that show clearly still stands up, and uh, it, it's it's must see. I mean, that's it, yeah, I just um, I love that show.
9: All right, uh, well, you on. know, it was, it was it was it was it was the first show that we we had the first Muslim lead, we we uh, we had the first gay lead. So you know we you know we did things that people were now taking credit for. Oh, you know we have the first you know this and that. And we we did all of that twenty three years ago. Uh, so we we really paved the way for. For what, what people are watching these days. And anyway, so that's that. that,
7: that yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, Spud. Yeah. What, if I may interject with my feelings on the topic of romantic behavior uh, actors are forced to perform before the cameras, well, I just don't understand how they can do so if they're doing this with an actress outside the bounds of marriage. It is, for all practical purposes, adultery. Uh, Dean, I need a minute here.
2: What the hell are you What did you What did you just say?
7: The, well, the love scenes in movies and on TV, it's it's not right unless they're doing it with their spouse. It's cheating. Ger- Gerald, Gerald, it's called acting. Yeah, yeah, it's all fake. Even most of the softcore adult stuff on
3: cable's not real. Come on, it's pretend sex.
7: In my book, you don't even pretend kiss another person who's not your husband or wife. You know, they're laying hands on the body of a stranger. That is a sin, even if they're just pretending to enjoy it. Oh,
5: you're, Gerald, your wife must be one very unsatisfied woman. Oh, Are yeah. you a member of the Taliban?
7: Yeah, I mean, no
3: our actors give of themselves so that we, you know, the viewers, can experience what it's like having amazing sex, you know, with hot people. Now, just let me finish this up. All right, I'm back. Thank you. Well, you've also played many characters on the right side of the law, like on Law & Order or Rescue Me, Brooklyn 999, and I guess Lost Girls, too. So uh, what way more boring than being a hardened criminal.
9: I mean, there's there's nothing more fun than playing a criminal. I mean, anyone who, anyone who tells you otherwise is kidding themselves, you know. Uh, but uh, it, look, it's always fun to mix it up—good guy, bad guy, comedy, drama—and I've been I've been really lucky to be able to to kind of mix up my career instead of getting typecast into one thing. And uh, which I thought was might happen, you know, after Oz, like, and then thir- and then rescued Me. I was like. Okay, yeah I wanna to I make people laugh. And then Tina Fey gave me my big break on 30 rock and uh, right you know and that was that, that opened up a whole new world for me. So I'm forever in her death for that
3: well i mean yeah well touching on that subject you've been fortunate to play the love interest uh to a few iconic actresses sarah jessica parker's boyfriend on sex in the city yeah. again tina Fey's yeah. uh, boyfriend on 30 rock uh and then i guess weren't yeah. you like sarah jessica parker's brief love interest on divorce 2 on hbo uh
9: yeah I mean, i'm not sure i can say the title of the show on the radio but yeah it was the uh it was the four Asterix buddy oh yeah put it that way yeah yeah and uh and yeah so uh, and then you know yeah it was I just did a one off in, in the second season um, and uh, and Sarah was actually Sarah was my next door neighbor in Soho and then, and that's how I got that job uh, so uh, yeah you know I've, I've been lucky to, to work with her and Tina and Fey who are not, easy, not just iconic television actors, actors but you know they're both New York City homegirls and I'm a I'm a New York City born and bred here. So it's just been great to mix
3: it up with those people. Right. I'm guessing the romantic thing might be even at the top of the list uh, over everything. But yeah, anyway, I just said my guess. But anyway, all right. Um, There you go. So speaking of. Uh, a, a comedy again and once again with with Tina Fey. You are—I know you are well aware of this—but you're killing it with her as Mayhem in all those Allstate commercials. What was your motivation in playing the dog, and why not make a full thirty-minute episode? You know, like you'd really have to like eat all dog right. poop, like Divine, but it would, it would sell a <laughs> hell of a lot of insurance <laughs> policies.
9: Well, it's funny. You know, we we were looking for—they uh, mentioned that, you know—we we never really brought anyone else into the ads before, and they were like, "All right, well, if we're going to do this, we we need to do something like big and." And so they were like, you know, we want to bring in a, uh, a female comic. And I was like, well, you know, there's only one person you should talk to. And, um, you know, they they approached Tina in the, in the right way. And, and, and uh, you know, she took the job. And, and then, you know, she came to work. And, uh, you know, a lot of what you see was improv, you know, and then um, the licking of the face and <clears throat> all this and all that. And, and she in the the, the uh, St. Bernard puppy commercial uh, has... End up being the highest-producing uh, insurance commercial in the history of television. So, um, you know, she she was really great to come in and and uh, yeah, you know that that job has just been a gift that keeps on giving. You know what I mean?
8: Uh, yeah.
3: Uh, well, let, let me close with this. Away from showbiz, what does Dean Winters do for fun? I mean, and you can refer to yourself in the third person if you want. I mean, you're on freaking Oz, so uh, yeah. Anything? Come
9: on. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, I look. I live in New York City, so it's never it's never a dull moment here. You know, I, I try to dive into to like the cultural side of the city. You know, I, I, I went to college in Colorado, so yeah, I was a big climber and, and a skier and all that. And you yeah, I just I try to I try to stay as busy as I can. I I just recently taken up skydiving, and huh. I'm not really sure how much longer I should, I'm not sure how much longer I should be doing that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I okay, uh, let me close on that note. Geez, uh, I, I would advise <laughs> you against that, and I'm not your agent. Let me say again that your new <laughs> Netflix movie, Lost Girls, is now streaming, so people need to check it out. We really appreciate you spending some time with us.
9: Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Right, thank you very much. Mr. Dean Winters.
2: This is the Edsel, unlike any other car you've ever seen. This is the Edsel. This
7: is the Edsel. This is the... the Spud Newman Show. Uh, Spud? What? Our, our show's resident psychic, Ted Mar is holding for you. Well,
3: put him through. I, I got stuff I, I want to
7: talk to him about. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to do his plug? That's your job. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Ted Mar can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle, and on the web, here he is.
3: Say hello to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thanks for checking in with us oh thanks buddy. this
6: is so much fun to be here
3: yeah so what i wanted to run by you was a topic i have mentioned on prior shows that midlife crisis thing you know or in my case later in life crisis uh, i already went through the midlife crisis uh when you pass on, do you have to go through that phase ever again? I hope not, as as it's really embarrassing, at least while here on Earth, people don't let you forget some of the decisions you made, you know, while undergoing this, you know, like the kind of car you suddenly buy. I only bought like a used Camry, but you know, it did have like these really super flashy hubcaps. Or maybe a hair transplant, you know, that never really worked out well for me. It was a huge waste of money, never even took. But anyway, does every, does, hey, does everyone in, in the afterlife have a great head of hair? Answer Answer oh, that. I have,
6: okay, there's, there's so much information coming in for your question, I'll, I'll try to get it, keep it short. Alright. You can choose the physical appearance you wish on the other side, oh. as long as it's based upon your previous life. So, let's say you can choose, if you pass away, for example, in your 80s or 90s, you can choose to look like you're in your 20s or 30s, for example. assuming so you're in good health, and you liked your body. The second thing is that everybody, from what I know from talking to the other side, uh, does what's called a life review, where they review every single thought, word, and deed, and decision that they ever made in their previous life, and how it affects not only themselves, but how it affected everybody else was or who was around them. And they do that so that you can become a, a better person and learn, um, huh. learn on, on improving yourself. And it's a fascinating experience um, one thing I, I've had the benefit of is that I've been doing life reviews since I first started learning how to be a psychic uh, about over 25 years ago. So I've, been, I've done many, many, hundreds and hundreds of, of life reviews on myself. And it's helped me, I think, become a better person as a result.
3: Alright, re- regarding uh, you know, the afterlife, uh, I take it that guys don't make horrible decisions. Uh, they're about always looking for younger wives. You know, that's like a traditional midlife crisis kind of thing. You know, d- d- like Donald Trump's going to be in hell wherever he ends up in his afterlife. Because for one thing, I don't think there's Twitter available. And, and you know, he's going to have to trash people to their faces. And that'll take up his whole day. And he won't have, you know, much executive time for himself. But, you know, uh, do, do, do that physical physical things, uh, desires or whatever, aren't that relevant at that point, right?
6: Uh, right. It it. And, for example, that's a good thing to ask because um, you could ask, how do you make love on the other side? And actually, the way it's done is that two souls will merge together. It's basically what you, it's the same thing you do here in the third dimension, but there, because you don't have a physical body, your two souls will merge. And it's beautiful, they say, um, but it's different than what we do here in the third dimension, of course.
7: All right. Uh, Spud? What? Well, I have an issue with the term make love. You know one, why? Well, one hears that quite a bit in today's world, but the union of a man and a woman to procreate is a gift from God, as no mere mortals are capable of making anything on our own, let alone love. That is beyond our abilities. So, that's a free like get out of jail card to use when I'm I'm judged to be less than worthy in bed with women? God, I wish I would have known that like way back. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying that making love is is a misused term.
3: Whatever. I, I never liked it anyway. Uh, now, let me get back to Ted. All right. Sorry about that, but I have returned. Good. Thank you. Um, do, do people still need to use like Ambien to sleep, Lexapro to feel normal, or Cialis? To, I mean, you, you, you kind of get my drift. Will, will there be pills for everything there, too, or will Big Pharma be no. out of luck?
6: Big Pharma will be out of luck. Yeah, oh. absolutely out of luck, yeah be out of luck.
3: That's a good thing. All right, super. Well, yeah. last question. Yeah. Is the afterlife better if you enter younger or older? Because I know I would prefer to go with the 25-year-old spud rather than the 94-year-old spud. I had at least a couple abs. Because right. um, right. you know, that version of me also had a much better metabolism. I could eat a full box of, you know, Kraft mac and cheese a few times a week and not put on a pound. So let us know the mm-hmm. answer to this, because everybody, I think, would be curious.
6: I can give you an answer. It doesn't really matter. It's what matters, though, is your life contract, the contract that you agreed to go into before uh, to live, how long you agreed to live in this life. And the second thing is um, what your choices are and um, whether you want to exit early Um, and in your own decisions, too. The answer to that Um, is no. For example, yeah, I I know how long my contract is for. It's for 87 years. Um, But I also know, too, that there are points where one can exit early if they want, but it's it's like a it's like a contract that you make with God, and um, to learn certain things. Um, but it, that's a, a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, oh, right. But thank you for asking
3: that. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you. I you know you got to go. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on. So, anyway, I just want to thank you so much for for doing this once again.
6: Oh, my pleasure, Spud. This is always a lot of fun.
3: There you have it. Our resident psychic, Mister Ted
0: Mar. Don't go away or you'll miss the amazing conclusion of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief timeout. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, I just messaged my doppelganger,
7: and I asked him to call into the show as... I can sense there's a bit of disbelief here in the studio. You know people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. I know my wife was skeptical at first when you I bet. first told her uh, she was a little concerned about a potential doppelganger wife of mine, but I, I assured Rachel that Gary was not married to a woman that looked anything like her. I saw a picture of his whole family, and other than Gary, none of them look like me.
3: Well, doesn't a real doppelganger have to be well, you know, maybe like an evil twin? like 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 you're you know living your life simultaneously that's what i've seen in the movies i need to read that whole wikipedia page on this topic but but your doppelganger sounds more like some random guy who sort of may look like you you look on on a bad hair day look alternative facts are not
2: facts
5: hey uh, i'm open to the possibility this could be legit I remember my first husband mentioned he met a woman that was my spitting image when I was in the hospital with a broken leg I got skiing. I was laid up there a couple of weeks, and when I found out later they were sleeping together, he tried to use a technicality that she looked so much like me it wasn't really cheating.
4: That's so hot.
5: He was very fond of using weasel words when confronted about his behavior.
3: Yeah, but I, I always huh. thought, you know, yeah, okay, I, I, I thought he was sketchy, but you know, he, he played catch with me a lot, you know. He never, never tried to, like, bag out and say he was too tired. Yeah, you know, he, when I
7: was growing up, he never, ever made fun of me the way I threw like my dad. So, okay. I know. So it's okay if Gary calls into the show? I think well. it would make for great radio. How many talk shows have a real doppelganger on? I think he would be more of a draw than a celebrity guest. You know, they're they're a dime a dozen.
2: Hey, 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 hey! You shut
3: your face. Uh, watch it, as we don't want to, you know, piss off any celebrity well, that no, might be no. listening. And I doubt your doppelganger would be more interesting than a famous person. All right, uh, I can't give you the go ahead. Uh, like, bring it up at our next staff meeting.
5: But. But what does this guy do for a living? Did he share that with you? No way he's a co-host on a radio talk show, right?
7: Well, no, but he is in sales, as am I, at my other place of employment, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum.
5: South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum.
7: Again, with that stupid store plug? It's, okay, so what do you say? I'm waiting to hear back from him if he's available to call in. There's a time difference, so I don't know what he's up to right now.
5: Well, I say let's hear from the guy. Unless we have another celebrity guest available, it could fill a couple of minutes.
2: Well, I, I don't know, Anderson.
5: Uh, It's pretty obvious that Gerald is being punked here, but who no. knows? The guy could be entertaining. Has he asked you for money
2: yet, Gerald? Yes, we're going to have the wall, and yes, Mexico is going to pay for the wall 100%.
7: Money? No, that that was never brought up. But from what I could pick up, Gary is quite successful as a salesman. I mean, he has a boat, uh, mostly for bass fishing, he said. I don't know exactly what he sells, so I guess that's something I can ask him when he calls.
3: If this dude starts spouting anything about multi-level marketing, he gets the immediate hook, okay? Deal or no deal? I've heard all I want to hear about that crap lately, you know, uh, from Chance, our intern, all right? Oh, yeah, that yeah. That guy's been trying to push that only condiments stuff. The ah, anyway, we talked about that on yeah. the show before, anyway. And by the way, where is Chance? He
5: seems to be missing in action. I haven't seen the kid since we went on the air. Oh, oh, I told Chance he could go sit in my car and listen to a podcast he downloaded. Something about becoming a master champion at Fortnite? He said he couldn't focus on it here in the studio.
3: And Dorothy, your man-child, fiancé, you know, even though he is an intern, uh, still has a job to do here. W- what if we all went out to our cars in the parking lot to listen to
7: something cooler than this show? That is messed up, yo. I I don't believe that would be a responsible thing to do. I would never leave to go out to the parking lot to listen to one of my cassettes or Sean Hannity's radio show. You know, there's a time and a place for that, and this is not it. You think we're bad for America?
6: You think I'm bad for America?
3: All right, well, let's let's get back to the music. How about this from a group from Austin, Texas? Flashboys and their tune, She Don't Care. It was released in 2007, I believe. Hit it.
0: goodman radio show
7: spud your next guest mary stewart masterson is holding for you
3: okay you know i've been a fan of mary's for many years like like way back remember when she was in like at close range with sean penn and and also Uh, some kind of wonderful uh she's been
5: in a lot
3: of movies and tv shows
5: oh i enjoyed mary and benny in june with Johnny Depp, but that was before he got goofy being that pirate in those dumb movies he did.
7: Oh, I very much like pirates, or or at least nice pirates. Poorly behaving pirates are not good role models for our children. They
3: are not our friend. Yeah, I think the main thing with pirates is they are antisocial rebels who take what they want, okay? I don't think there are that many pro-social
5: pirates out there.
7: Well, I would hope you're wrong, Spud. He's
5: not wrong, Gerald. Pirates are very bad people. Ooh,
3: yeah. Thank you for that, Aunt Dorothy. Can can I just speak with Mary right now, please? Yeah, okay, here she is. Please welcome actress and director Mary Stewart Masterson. Thank you for coming on our show. Uh, Yeah.
2: Thank
4: you. Nice to meet you.
3: Absolutely. So you have a new series for life airing on ABC Tuesdays at ten nine central. Can you give us the basics of the story as it's loosely based on uh, like a true story surrounding the life of Isaac Wright Jr. Is that correct?
4: Yeah. So Isaac Wright Jr. is a remarkable man who was wrongfully convicted on a on a drug conviction for life plus 70 years. Uh, and wasn't satisfied with that conviction. And sense. he uh, educated himself and became a lawyer and ended up becoming the prison rep for inmates that he was incarcerated with and um, ultimately defended himself, his own case. And uh, so this this fictionalized version um, follows Aaron Wallace, who basically uh is is in prison when we meet him and he is already the prison rep and has already done those herculean things but um you know it 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 has um this other family dimension because uh while you get to see the cases that he is bringing as as a defense attorney and you also get to see his experience in prison you also have his family on the outside and and uh, so all the fictional aspects of the story allow a real 360 degree look at the justice system and also the human faces of those people who are affected by the justice system. So right. you have the prison warden who's enacting reforms that's played by Indira Varma. And then you have her wife, me, Anya Harrison, who is district attorney from Brooklyn, who's running for attorney general for the state of New York and, you know, a prosecutor, a prison reformer you have the cases in the courtroom, you have the prison life, and then you have Aaron Watts' life on the outside with his family and all wow. that, that they're going through. Yeah, so it, it's it's a lot, but it's, um, you know, it's a really great team. Uh, the creator, the writer, 50 Cent is uh, executive producing, and he's, he's tremendous, and he actually uh, is going to be in the show um, coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Yeah, so there's, there's,
2: there's a lot
3: uh,
4: of meat on the bone, as they say. All right. And all right. it's
3: really worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sounds very interesting. We will check it out. Um, well, in regards to you, Mary, let's step into the Wayback Machine for a moment. Uh, after, I got to run this stuff by you. <laughs> after getting your start in the movie biz at age eight in The Stepford Wives, it was reported you, you chose to go back to being a regular kid for a few years, uh, you know, then immediately following it up with another film. Was spending all day on a movie set just too boring for an eight year old?
4: <laughs> it was anything but boring. It was anything but boring. But uh you know, uh in fact I had my uh first experience of streaking because it was the seventies and the first A D went from having a walkie talkie and saying rolling to running naked across the set. So Ooh. that was Ooh. that was eye opening. I mean, a little bit
3: harsh for an eight year old. Yeah.
4: <laughs> All right. But, um, I, I really just, I was kind of a nerd and I loved school and I felt very um, uh, weird being the one that everybody was talking about being in a movie. I just, it made me uncomfortable. So I just wanted to keep my head down and go to school.
3: Right. <laughs> I I myself would have kind of had a hard time walking away from like all the free desserts available on the craft services table. That would have been tough for me, but yeah. There's
4: that, yeah. There's a lot of desserts. There's a lot of whipped cream. There's a lot of candy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in two thousand two, you hosted
3: Saturday Night Live. It was a pretty strong cast that season: Amy Poehler, Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey, Tracy Morgan. So, my question is: Does Lauren Michaels and the or do you know does Lauren Michaels, I guess, and the writers make it easy as possible for host, or do they like make you do stuff that's out of your comfort zone just to like watch you suffer? Uh,
4: I don't think anybody was trying to watch me suffer. I I felt like they were doing their their damnedest. I, Saturday Night Live is the kind of thing where you need to do it the second time to be good at it. It's like the first time they're they're literally holding cue cards, and if you make eye contact with the person you're working with, you you're going to miss the rewrite. And so everything is very live. Um, I I would know better what to do now, but um, but that ship has sailed. But no, I mean you had you know Phil Hartman was still on the cast too, oh, and he yeah. was he gave me he was very sweet and supportive and. Al Franken wrote the, the biggest sketch I did called Lisa Pungraphic, Very Pregnant Undercover Cop, which was hilarious. Um, they were amazing people. No, Lauren Michaels was great. They, they put everybody in a room and read every sketch and, and then decide, you know, sort of which few are going to get a hearing and then which few are going to get cut. And then we rewrote the monologue between the rehearsal and the live performance. And you just, you just throw your, just throw yourself into
3: it. <laughs> wow, see, it would be extremely scary for for. I mean, these, anybody. If you think about it, just stepping in for a week and hosting a show of that magnitude, yeah. Anyway, that kind of blows your mind. Well, let, let me hit you with this. I got I got to get through this. In 2009, you made your directorial debut with the film The Cake Eaters, starring Kristen Stewart and Brewster, yep. who we love here, as he's been a great guest on our show. Of course, one of our all-time great actors. Love Was him. that
4: experience though a lot less
3: fun than being in front of the camera? It's way more work for sure.
4: Oh, no, I, I, I mean, I feel like everything is sort of uh, culminating there for me. I mean, it's definitely what I always wanted to do. Always is what I'm aiming on now. It's what I care about uh, doing the most. I, I love being part of any facet of a story that I care about. Like, I love being involved with for life. But, uh, you know, in terms of my personal Uh, creative ambitions, definitely still directing and writing. I just took a 10-year hiatus to have four children, um, which is, you know, yeah, it's hard to be a writer, director, producer while you have, while you're nursing and have three toddlers. But um, it's not to say it's impossible, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back into, um, that whole, uh, side of my career in the coming months. So, um,
7: Super. All right, Spud. Yeah. But well, you might be surprised to learn that I myself have aspirations to direct. In in fact, I wasn't going to go public with this yet, but I am directing our church's annual play this year. It's Neil Simon's Odd Couple, and I find the duties of a director to be quite challenging, but so rewarding artistically. Uh, 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 Mary, uh, just a moment, dude what are you saying about being a director you yeah i'm announcing that i gerald holcomb will be making my own directorial debut with our annual church play it was tough finding the right oscar we had numerous potential felixes though
5: oh i hope you aren't expecting me to go to see a church play i wish you good luck but I am hecka busy these days. Sorry. Yeah, you know
3: I-, I can't sit still for a play, especially in a church. I mean, uh, what kind of snacks will be on sale on inter at intermission? Yeah, just in
7: case I have to go or something. Probably like bundt cake or apple slices, right? Yo, oh, no, we-, we will have top notch snacks in the church lobby. You know, my wife is gonna be baking her famous snickerdoodles. Yeah, you, you know I hate snickerdoodles. You know uh, that, right? Yeah, yeah. You should know that.
3: Anyway, I gotta, I gotta get back to you. The- All right, Mary, I'm back. I read that you were at one time, or maybe still are, a big basketball fan. Uh, True or false?
4: Very true. Love basketball. Um, I have to tell you, um, at the moment, that um, I um, shouldn't admit this, but I I almost don't even have TV. So um, I I mentioned I have four kids. (laughs) So so I um, have not been watching any sports in the last probably four years, okay. um, and so I'm I'm going to get back to it. But I do love basketball. Favorite old time, very strong.
3: Favorite old time player. Got to ask you, <laughs>
4: favorite old time player. Oh God! I mean, you know, for personal weird reasons, Kevin McHale. <laughs> okay, all right, um, all right. I just I, I just always loved Kevin McHale. You know, and Larry Bird. And I I was a fan of those. Those 86, 86, 86 oh, yeah,
3: oh yeah, six
4: seven eight Celtics, you know. But I also uh, love me some Patrick Ewing because I'm yep. a New York City girl. Yep. And uh, Dave DeBusher and Ooh. Bradley Ooh. and that whole group, and and Kobe Bryant. It has yes. to be said. Yes. Um What a classy individual. Yes. I mean, I have a lot of favorite. I mean, you can't you can't not love.
3: Well, you talk about
4: Stockton, right? T- Stockton. I love oh. I love a great point guard. I guess.
3: You definitely yeah. have the knowledge. I'm not even going to take it any further. All right,
4: I, I know you got to scoot. <laughs>
3: so, uh, let me say again, your new ABC series for Life is airing Tuesday nights at 10, 9 Central. We really, really appreciate you coming in, you know, and and calling in and just doing the show. Okay.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: There you have it, Ms. Mary Stewart Masterson. This is the Spud Goodman, Goodman, Goodman Show.
8: Oh, oh, oh. Ah! Uh!
3: I don't understand. How about some more music? Uh, This one is from Frank Smith. Yep, another dude from Austin, Texas. I guess there's a bunch of talented musicians who reside there, huh? Uh, Here's Frank's tune, Put Me in a Hole. about this doppelganger thing a little bit more it makes way more sense that i not you would have one all right i mean what are the chances of any co-host having a
7: doppelganger i would bet there are none anywhere around the world
1: well what is the question
7: Why you? I mean, no offense. Well, no offense taken. I guess I was just blessed to have Gary in my life. I'm really anxious to meet him. We talked about him coming to visit me. He he asked if he could come to the studio to see me at work. Uh,
5: Well, well, Gerald, have you done a background check on this guy? You don't know anything about him other than he looks like you. Whatever he told you could be all BS. At least he didn't say he was a Nigerian prince, right? Well,
3: you know, maybe I should, like, take an ad out on Craigslist or or post something on on our Facebook page to see if I, Spud Goodman, have a doppelganger out there that I'm not aware of, you know? Um, you'd think me being the host of a syndicated radio program, I would have a couple of them at least.
2: I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on.
7: Okay, what... Okay, uh, Spud. Spud, they're telling me Gary is calling in right now. He must have been listening as he didn't message me back. Oh, wow. This is very oh, exciting, wow. don't you think? No, no, not really. I think
3: it is. Well, maybe if my doppelganger was calling in, I, I would get a little pumped, but the scary dude, um, not so much. You
5: know what I mean. I still say you should run a background check on this guy.
7: Oh, okay. Uh, put him through. Gary, are you there? Yes, I am. Is this Spud? Well, no, it's Gerald. Gerald Holcomb. It's so great to speak with you. Yeah. Nice to speak with you, too. We are on
1: the air, right? I turned down my radio.
3: Yeah, yeah, we're on the air, so please be interesting.
1: Please. I beg of Of you. Of (laughs) course. You you know, I've always wanted to get into the radio business. All my friends have told me I have a great radio voice. What do you think? Uh, It's all fake news.
7: Uh, yeah, it's it's okay, I guess. Yeah, well, I I, guess. I think you have a great radio voice. You sound a lot like me. So, is there something you want to ask me, Gary? I know we can talk later after the show. Uh, now that I have your number, I can call you. But shoot, shoot if you want to know something about me.
1: <laughs> Not really. And I will have to call you as I have an unlisted phone number.
7: Uh, so,
1: I was thinking that oh. this show could use a bit of humor. You know, more of a comedy presence. Everyone enjoys funny stuff.
5: It's funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. Uh,
3: well, you know, we're... we're... Okay, I'm a... Tr- I should say, I'm a trained professional, adept at comedy. How about that? Is that, yeah, I mean, also I, I interview celebrities. I, I have extensive trivia knowledge. And, and if I might add, I'm also quite skilled in conflict resolution. Conflict resolution? Really? Well, you know, I, I've been in so many conflicts in my lifetime, so I feel I'm as experienced in this area as any person on earth. Would you be where you are had there not
1: been a sex tape?
5: No. No. Okay, if you put it like that, I'll concede
1: the point. I am a part-time stand-up comedian, so I have a good feel for what makes people laugh. I can feel the room, so to speak, and I think I know what radio listeners are looking for in this very competitive environment.
7: Uh, Caller, or uh, Gary, I am a part-time comedian myself. How amazing is that? Uh, You know, I have an open mic next Monday night to work on some new jokes.
1: I'm not referring to being an open-mic stand-up. I have opened for many popular comedians in the greater Columbus area at numerous clubs, some even paying gigs. So no, I don't do open-mic nights. Mmm. Oh, that
0: is terrific.
7: Well, oh, well, you know, at the sports bar where I'll be performing next Monday, there have been some professional stand-up comedians who've stopped by, like really? I guess, I, well, in the audience because the foods, the food's really good. It's a nice place.
3: I'm sure it is. Yeah. So as a doppelganger of
7: his. Uh, you don't have access to his credit card info or his social security numbers, no, do you? No, no, no. But that is my confidential personal data. I but, asked him, but you, you, well, you know if he you, does? I've done research, and doppelgangers can't order a pizza or something on Amazon with my credit card. Jeez. And even if Gary did have my information, I know he wouldn't use it for personal purposes. I
1: love the poorly educated. You know... Gerald and I look virtually identical. Really? Yeah, I, I do I, part I, I, my I, hair on the opposite side. I'd like side, to see a picture. Pretty Can much I be the twins. judge of that? So, yeah. But yeah. I was wondering if maybe there might be a need for a backup version of Gerald on the show. You uh, know, if he couldn't make it to the studio for a while. Maybe sickness or family issues. You know, yeah, Possibly if he pursued other career options. I could step in. Without the show losing a step, it it would be a seamless transition.
8: Um, I think it'd be actually...
3: Uh, Do you wear Old Spice aftershave? If not, then you would be a major upgrade for sure. I mean, let's let's kick it around.
7: I've cut way back on my aftershave on work days. You can hardly smell it. My wife loves it, so I do sparingly dab a little on each morning.
5: Gerald, some days you smell like a human Old Spice car freshener.
2: Yes!
1: I was curious. Would the station pay for my moving expenses if I did accept the position? I assume uh, I would be put up at a hotel, uh, at least initially, until I could find a place for the family to join me.
7: Okay. Gary. <laughs> Gary. I'm not going to be leaving this position. Ever. Put I have a hotel? <laughs> I've made it clear. That I'm the host in waiting should anything unfortunate befall Spud. And i got to tell you, I do not appreciate this open betrayal from my own doppelganger. I I won't lie. This is very upsetting to me.
1: I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay. Well, I should be going, but if a decent package can be put together, forward it to me so I can take a look at it. Gerald has my email address.
3: Gary, it's Gary, right, Gary? Uh, you know, I don't have a decent package myself here, so don't hold your breath about this. Put you up at a hotel. That's a good one. But anyway, a- a- as much as this version of Gerald uh, gets on my nerves and and, and my nose, gets on, bothers the heck out of my nose, hey, he's way cheaper than you'd be. Truth isn't truth. Just, you know, just thanks for calling, all right? Just, uh, I got to go. Oh,
1: okay. If that's how it's going to be. Yeah.
3: It is. That's how it's going to be.
1: How about I pay for my own plane ticket and you pick up my hotel car? No, (laughs)
7: no. Right.
1: Not going to happen. Later.
7: You know, I had no idea my doppelganger was such a horrible person. I'm sorry I ever brought this up on the show. I sure hope the listeners will forgive me. I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe you should post an apology. How about that on our Facebook page? Plead for mercy and
3: see what happens. But anyway, I I need to wrap this episode. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao.
8: Bye-bye.
0: The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Engineered by Trevor Jastad. Recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio and produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, T.J. Pike, Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deer, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.